is Quit, a podcast about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, starting something awesome, maybe even kicking your corporate stooge job to the curb. My name is Dan Benjamin. I'm joined, as always, here in the Austin, Texas headquarters of 5x5 by none other than Hattie Cook. Hattie, Hello. how are you today? Oh, you know, it's Friday. Friday before... Before, it's not the Friday before Christmas. It's Friday it's, before Saturday. Right. It's Friday before it's tomorrow. It's Friday before tomorrow. And uh, it's always Friday here at Quit. Yeah. It's episode number 118. Oh, my gosh. you believe that? Can you believe we've done 118? Well, technically, we yes. haven't done 118. We're doing, doing. 118 of these things. And uh, what, can, what can you say except, wow, it's a big number. It is. Now, we it's haven't done one every single week, so it's no. spanned many, many years. You would think that would be like a two-ish year show, but we've been doing the show for 14 years. Right. It's just, we just do like, you know, one a year. One a year, one show per per month. Now, we do more than that. Hmm. But here we are today, and we've got a whole, Hattie came up with a long, long list of topics, which I threw out, and I have some of my own. Right. But uh, no, you do have a couple <laughs> topics. One one of them was something that uh, you said you wrote down, so that yes. must mean it's a good one. Yes. Uh, what is that? Well, I know that we wanted, We were talking about... Oh, you want to bash Mighty Bird? Uh, well, is Mighty Bird... I think it was someone else. I can't remember. We were talking about some business uh-huh. that seemed to pare down what it was doing and focus on one thing, and that, and then it like took off after that. Because it was trying to do too many things at one time. Sure. And so we were talking about how simplifying and just doing one thing is something sometimes really good. Yeah. Advice that Mighty Bird could have benefited from. And they failed and, and they, they failed. did not. Yeah. But that, that is great advice. And, well, I'm, you know, I was, I've been reading in the news recently the, the big topic, and I'll, I'll put this in the show notes. I doubt you even knew. Uh, that I had this as a topic today, but the show notes are going to be at 5by5.tv slash quit slash 118. And they have been talking like crazy about MailChimp. Ah. MailChimp is a company that without them, I don't know what would have happened in the early days of 5by5 because they sponsored all of our new shows. When I started 5by5, I only had like two or three shows that I was doing and I had quit my job as a CTO uh, and uh, for a, there was a, a CTO of a San Francisco startup, and that stressed me out. After a couple of years of that, I, could, I didn't want to do it anymore, so I became CTO of a hosting company, and that stressed me out even more. And so I quit that to do something that would stress me out even further, which was a podcast company. Running it all by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but when I first started out doing it, of course, I just had a few shows. I had been podcasting for maybe two or three years already, but this was a big deal to say, I'm going to do this full time. Full time, yep. And MailChimp stepped up to the plate and they, they uh, the guy over there, Mark, at the time, I think, I mean, he's still there, but oh, yeah. I don't know what, I don't think he, I don't think he runs the podcast too, you know, yet. He, he's, he's a much I mean, higher still, level yeah. now, super high level. And he, but at the time he just reached out to me and said, Dan, I like what you're doing over there. We, we want to help. We want to sponsor some of your shows. And they were the first company, the first big company to really 
start doing that and really make a difference doing that. And there were other companies in the same space as MailChimp. MailChimp does newsletters. They're not a sponsor anymore no. at all of anything. Yeah, they, they really have quieted down on their um, advertising front, I feel like. You know, I think they felt like maybe they'd oversaturated the industry. Um, they sponsored, famously sponsored Serial. Yes. When Serial was just coming out and brand new and they had no idea what it would do, they jumped on it and did it and Serial had some fun with their ads. Because they're smart. MailChimp was one of those companies that they wouldn't ever really send us a read. They'd say, just talk about us. Yeah. Just say, say, say what you think about us. And um, obviously, you know, they didn't want us to say horrible things about them. But, that but was, you that can't was, think horrible things there, about yeah, there weren't There was nothing bad. But the reason why they're being talked about so much in the press right now is because they are Inc.'s Ink mag. I, I, you don't say Ink Magazine anymore since it's probably but not it's even a magazine. Technically, but technically, that's what it is. Yeah. Inc. It's their company of the year. But what's interesting when you read this article, which again is in the show notes, it took them 17 years. This is a this 17-year-old company. Right. Now, they've been successful for a long time, but over the last few years, they've become extraordinarily successful. Right. $525 million per year they're doing. And most of their customers pay nothing. Most of their customers are using the free MailChimp and it's right. free for life. And that lets you send, I forget the, the deal, but you can send, is it a hundred emails a month? Is it a thousand emails? I forget the details because right. they don't sponsor anymore. So I'm not, We're shame, not up and on shame, the on, shame on them. I have to call you out for yawning, Hattie. You've done it like five times. I know, but you. But I'm not doing it on the microphone. I know. <laughs> but I mean, we just started. And you're. I'm already boring you that much. It's not a boring thing. Oh. It's. I, I didn't think you I'm, say you figured out what it, what caused I'm, it. I hold my breath a lot. And I then think you it's think like your an body is like when the show starts, <laughs> you feel a little nervous. Not you that respond. I feel nervous, but I think I just also I don't want to like like breathe into the microphone a whole lot. So I'm like holding my breath. Oh, oh, right. And then your brain is like, I need more oxygen. So, so it, it causes makes you, yawn. you to yawn. Or I just am shallow breathing. Well, you got to take deep breaths with your lower abdomen. <sighs> like this is what I learned when I was playing the trumpet as a fourth grader. Uh-huh. They said you want to breathe with your, your stomach, your lower diaphragm, not with your chest. Now she's yawning again. Well, you said yawn too many times. <laughs> And she doesn't yawn that way. Didn't you say you yawned in the gym when you were yeah, working I yawn, out? Yeah, I yawn constantly in the gym. See, that's why I think it's it's a lack of oxygen. I don't know. I love that's that you yawn in, in the gym. I'll I think be, that's great. Well, you know, and it's like 8.30 in the morning. This is kind of like a workout. Yeah. Here, a, men, a, mental, a mental workout. mouth workout by talking. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, MailChimp would get, gives most of their services away. And they, what they did is they started to focus on not the low en- the entry-level customer, the customers only can afford a few dollars a month, and not on big business. They started to focus on small and medium-sized businesses. And they said, this is, good. This is the audience that, is, that most needs us, that we most benefit, and that is the most willing to spend money on. And they right. said, you know what? If you're below this certain tr- threshold... It's free. It's free for you. I like if that. You're, if you reach this one point, though, that probably means that your email newsletters are working for you. And so you should pay at that point. And I wish I could do something like that with Fireside. Because wouldn't it be great to say, 
Fireside is free. If you have less than a thousand downloads a month, Fireside is free. Yeah, that would be amazing. I want to do that. And that's my plan eventually is to be able to do it. But in order to get to that point, I need to have more paying customers over a certain level. Right. And once I am there and it will take time, but once it's then there, can... then I could go back and say, guess what? Or if even if it's not free, it's it's three dollars. It's five dollars. It's right. you know something. something. But, Crazy cheap. And just like sending email costs money and maintaining an infrastructure and a team costs money, I, I'm willing to bet that sending email costs less money than serving 100 meg MP3 files 24 right, seven, right. you know, millions of those a month. So because of that, I can't do it just yet. But if you want to look at a company to model yourself after a company that has fun doing what they do, doesn't take themselves too seriously, focuses on just one kind of customer and is incredibly successful because of it. I look no further than MailChimp. They do an amazing job. And I, I met the CEO, Ben Chestnut. He's a really, really nice guy, super quiet, super laid back. And, um, you know, Hattie, that's the office I gave the talk in. Do you see that picture? Oh, it is, yeah. They brought me out to Atlanta one time to give a talk. I don't know why. And then... I, I think I did an okay job. And you couldn't go in the, the t-shirt room because it had black lights. Black light and it messed with my eyes and gave me a migraine. But they do all kinds of amazing little gifts that they send out. They're showing the little chimp. They've done t-shirts. You know what? They, they have a lot of fun. And I think people that find them as a company, like they like that they have fun and that's that's why they're drawn to them. Like right. it's not, oh, we're selling these little monkeys. It's like, oh, we made a hundred of them and we're going to be giving them out at this conference or something like right. just because. They turned down VC multiple times. They said they were just utterly confused by the VC people and never did that. But you know, it's a fascinating story. This is a really good read, and I recommend everyone read this if you ever want inspiration. I mean, it took them 17 years to get to where they are. And there was, I remember the early days of MailChimp, and, you know, they were not, they were not what they are today. Well, they I were think- very, and, and look at them now. I mean, they've got so many people, they're making so much money, and they're doing a really, really great service. Yep. And I think the, uh, you know, we're all so used to getting everything so instantaneously nowadays. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so h- having to work for something for 17 years before you're, you know, recognized in something like Inc., like, I think people are giving up too easily and saying, oh, I didn't make it in the first four years, right. so I'm just going to give up. Like, no. You're going to have to have a job longer than that. Try, put, throw yourself into it for a longer amount of time. And Ben, uh, the CEO, I can call him Ben, he calls me Dan, is such a smart guy. And the way that he thinks, you know, he definitely has that philosophy that nothing is ever really good enough. Like they can always be doing more. They can always be doing better. So here, I'll read a little bit from this article on, on Inc. Magazine about it. After the serial sponsorship, which cost the company all of $300,000 and got its name mentioned on Saturday Night Live in 2014, MailChimp now spends more than $10 million a year on marketing. Chestnut, characteristically, has mixed emotions about the serial effect and the new level of growth it touched off. He says, it was our best quarter ever, but his reaction to the SNL mentions lack a certain jubilation. He says, the world knows about our brand, but we've got to really step it up now. It wasn't a happy moment. And that's the thing I that's can I can attest to that too in a much 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 smaller scale is that 
when people start talking about you or the company, that should, if you're smart, Hattie, that should induce fear. Right, because you're like, oh man, now more people's eyeballs right, are going to be on me. <laughs> we need to make sure we're good. No, we need to make sure we're even better. We yeah. need to make sure that what we're doing right now is amazing and perfect. And, and that's always like the fear. It's not the fear of like, oh, I, I of course I would love a hundred new customers a day, but like that, that means something, you know, like all of a sudden getting that influx of customers, having people starting to talk about you, that really means something. And I love that quote from him saying, you know, it wasn't a happy moment because like really it needed to be more than that. It needed to be, okay, this is our opportunity to really step up our step game. up our game. In fact, we have no choice now. We've got to make sure that it's perfect. So this is a great article. I recommend everyone take a look at it. And I would like to thank our first sponsor. It's LinkedIn Learning. A lot of you people have heard of LinkedIn, and I'm sure a lot of you people have heard of Linda, lynda.com. Who, who has been making these amazing, what they call online learning, but we used to call just call it screencasts. They've been doing that for 20 years. Well, LinkedIn Learning is now featuring all of the content from lynda.com. I guess they acquired Linda. Yes. So now you want to go get all that content. They've made it even better. They put it all together. It's a new site. LinkedIn Learning, it's for problem solvers, for creators, for people who want to succeed you know, maybe you want to design a website. Maybe you want to overcome procrastination. Maybe you want to create an app. Everything you need to accomplish more, it's on LinkedIn Learning. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're a freelancer, you already know that you have to be a jack of all trades. You need to be ready for any challenge that comes your way. LinkedIn Learning, it's like a Swiss army knife of skills. You need to figure something out. You need to figure out how to do Adobe Photoshop. You want to get better at social media. You want to, you know, bootstrap your business or you want, maybe you just want to like learn QuickBooks. All of these really, really important topics. There are great courses on these over at LinkedIn Learning. I have taken a number of courses there and I, I was really, when I was really using this, it was back when I was teaching myself uh, or having them teach me, I should say Final Cut Pro because I wanted to learn how to make videos. And this was the best way to learn. Because you can find, in some cases, like I knew the fundamentals and I might be working on a video and say, okay, I want to know how to do like this transition from one scene to another scene. Well, how am I supposed to figure that out? Well, guess what? You can go look at this course and instead of having to sit through a two-hour course or whatever, you can find the topic and this is the way all the courses are. They're grouped down into specific topics. You can find the topic, okay, transitions, and you watch, just watch that. You're out in 10 minutes. Right. Like now I know how to do that thing I wanted to do. Or you may say, yeah, I don't know anything. I want to sit down. I do want to see this from the beginning. What's great is you can get project files. You can download them so you can work along with the classes or just mess around with the project files. They have quizzes that help you validate what you've learned, but you get to learn at your own pace. You can learn the method that you prefer. There's transcripts for every video. You can watch this on your computer, your mobile device. I mean, you name it. And you're going to get, a, if just, just you guys, will get a 30-day free trial with LinkedIn Learning by going to linkedin.com slash quit. LinkedIn.com slash quit. That's all. Learn something over the holidays. You know, you got the time. That's right. What are you doing just sitting around for a week? What if you came back to Put your job? Put the muddy buddies down. <laughs> 
What if you came back to your job and you'd learned like five new skills? Now you get a promotion on your first day back. Now you're promoted. Now you're running the company. Now you can start your own company. Is the right time for you now? Maybe it is. You want to learn those extra skills and master something? Well, look no further. LinkedIn.com slash quit. Now, here's something I read that I just got. I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, there's a company called Fog Creek software fog creek software is a company that's been around for a very very long time and i think what they started out doing uh obviously they built most people probably know them from uh stack overflow which Ah. is like the community for programmers to learn and also they have system administrators and things like that but that that was that's one of the big things that they've done but I know of them from even before that from something called fog bugs. I like that word. Fog bugs with a Z. It's the app that really pioneered bug tracking. This is the application that back in the day, this was the bug tracking application, support tickets, that type of stuff. And we use that all the time for everything. Whenever we were building our software, multiple companies I worked for, we all use that. And that's how we, you know, so you'd have the beta testers, they'd be using the software, the customers would be using it, and then these bugs would come through and we'd be able to assign them and collaborate and work on them. So that's what they do. Then they came out with Trello, which I think got acquired. I mean, all of the stuff that they do is is pretty good. And the guy who started it uh, was uh, was Joel Spolsky really smart guy, but I don't think that he is involved in the same way anymore because Anil Dash, who's a f- mutual friend of ours, yes. would you say he's a friend of the show or I just a friend? No, I think he's a friend of the show. I don't know if I'd go that far, <laughs> but he's a very nice guy and he is CEO of the company now. And, you know, it's weird because like for years I knew him as like the other guy, you know, like he worked in different companies. He was part of movable type. You know, he's been all right. over the place doing all these different things. And like he would live, live blog. Didn't he live blog XOXO the first yes, year? Yes, that was super fun. Yeah, so he's always been like, he knows what's what's going on. And he wrote this piece, now that he's, you know, the big shot uh, CEO of Fog Creek. He wrote an interesting article that I want to share with you, Hattie. And the, the listeners as well. And he says, they're introducing something called climate leave. Paid time off for extreme weather disruptions. Interesting. Okay, so here's what he says. The short version, at Fog Creek, workers get paid time off if they're impacted by the increasingly frequent disruptions of extreme weather and environmental conditions due to climate change. We hope other companies will join us. That's a really interesting idea, but it makes sense when you're talking about like all the fires going on in California right now sure. and, you know, the hurricanes and everything. So I think that's really, really interesting and a good idea. Well, there was, uh, if you remember a few years ago in uh, 2012, yeah, 2012, there was that superstorm Sandy. Remember yes. Sandy? And it came through and it, um, it screwed up everything for everyone in New York, including Fog Creek, because that's where they were. And I guess they kind of learned that and they said, well, you know, with all these other storms and the wildfires and other things like that, they have their team members all around the country. 
So they said, well, if, what if like somebody's house is maybe going to burn down and they have to evacuate? Like, how is that sick time? Right. Like, where does that get calculated? <laughs> And he says, as a CEO, I never want to have to, to be having to tell an employee, trust me, it'll be okay. He says, because taking care of employees means putting down our commitments to them and their families in writing. And so they wrote this thing up that basically says, here's our policy, you know, and they're giving, cli- they're giving climate leave. And I mean, I think this is kind of interesting. We've joked on the show about lactation rooms and things like that. But those are real needs for, for, you know, for moms who are working. Like you need, you need those. Well, and now this is a real need for people that are actually affected by a lot. It's like things are happening every two weeks now. Yeah, it seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. We could have those fires here in Austin too. There's a lot of areas and my house is in one where it could just spark up a flame and burned down on uh, the side of 183 right there there's a huge burned out patch i don't know why it's all burned out but i don't know why either but you know it's it's nice it's nice that a company can do that and i think his point isn't we're such a cool company that we're giving people climate leave it's that we everyone else should think about it right and you should also think about making these th- policies official put them in writing give them to your right. employees sign them have them sign them, that kind of thing so that they know what to expect it's you know it's one thing to say don't worry about it, it'll be all right that might not give your employee the kind of reassurance that they and that's want. the last thing they need to worry about when they're worrying about their house burning down because of a wildfire right you know? will, I, will i get am fired? i gonna lose my job right. how many days am i gonna miss of work like all of that right in addition to having to evacuate and stay in a hotel with my family and hope that my house is I hope still that there. My house is there. Right. I also am, you know, use burning up my sick days or burning right. up my vacation. You know, I think I think it's interesting. It's a very modern, forward-thinking kind of thing. But there's still so many companies out there that don't, you know, that don't have things like this. And maybe they can't. Maybe they can't justify doing it. You know, we get emails from people all the time who work for a small company and they want to ask their boss something and the boss just runs the company. And they're like, no, we can't do that. I'm sorry. And there, there isn't an HR department. There isn't uh, any right. kind of official things. And, you know, and we, we know um, uh, somebody who runs a small company who spends so much time thinking about their company and the roles that they have in the company yeah. and the people that are working there, so much time doing it, and that that's become their whole job. But their company strikes me as so small, only a half dozen people. I don't I don't know how they make they do make it work, but I don't know how they make it work. It seems like they're spending so much time thinking about themselves. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. So I don't know. But I guess it, there's a value to be introspective in this way. I think there's, you know, you get to a certain point in a company where, like, we just got some really nice uh, gifts from one of our sponsors. They yeah, sent we did. us, uh, they sent us a couple baseball caps and some stickers and cool tote bags. And that's these little tote bags that, that like fold up into a little tiny like size of your fist type thing, and yeah. you can throw them in your car, or your bag. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like that. That's really cool. But we can't do that. We can't afford to do that. Right? No. Can we? I don't think so. No. <laughs> but you know, like when you get to a certain level at your company, you're like, oh, we've got we've got money to play around with. We can go and make these. We can do fun things. But then there's the whole argument where you have to spend money to make money. If we made 
mugs and t-shirts and hats and sent them to all the companies that we worked with all year long would they sponsor more would they get more ads maybe maybe not i don't think they would at the end of the day i don't know if that's the right way to spend the money i don't know if that's going to matter or not going up there and seeing them might be a different story you know yes but you know if we if we sent someone a mug and they're drinking coffee out of the mug and they're like oh yeah should we sponsor that show if they look and they're like well that show's not performing the answer is still going to be no Anyway, go check this article out, too. It'll be in the show notes. But the the short answer is their employees can take up to five days of climate leave each calendar year. Any leave greater than five consecutive days requires there to be a declared state of extended emergency in your local region. And they have unlimited sick leave. With any absence of more than five days becoming short-term disability and requiring a doctor's note. Ah. We have unlimited sick days here. Yeah, I was going to say. But then again, knock on wood, I'm very rarely sick. Right. You can't fire someone for getting sick, can you? Like if you get like no, a cold but I feel like and you, could... you just want, don't want them to ever come back and you say just don't come no. back. That's dumb. Well, our, we have a second sponsor, Hattie. Oh, yeah, we you do. Bo- you booked this sponsor, didn't yep. you? And I, and I eat this sponsor, you too. You eat the sponsor. <laughs> I just taught my kids the, you know, I won the basketball. And then they say, I two the basketball. And he's, I three the basketball. And I four the basketball. Like that until yeah. they get to eight. And then they say, I ate the I, basketball. And you say, you ate the... <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, how do they do... So my son started to get really smart. And he started to try to trick me with it. So he would skip a number. Oh. So I'd say, I won the basketball. He'd say, I two the basketball. I'd say, I three the basketball. He'd say, I five what? the basketball. And he totally, and I, but I, I caught I it. Ate. I six, and then it would put the eight, the eight on, on you. Yeah. But I play along with it. This is what you have to do, because they're kids. Well, and they're your kids, you yeah, know. Yeah, you have to be nice to children, they tell me. <laughs> RX bar is a whole food protein bar with simple, real ingredients. Let me explain what this means. Let me explain what a whole food protein bar is. It means they're made with 100% whole ingredients. They want to be completely transparent and upfront with us, their customers. And that's why we label, they label the, uh, the core ingredients the way they do egg whites, dates, and nuts right on the front of the thing. And then they add a couple extra ingredients to flavor things up. Got to have different flavors, but everything is natural they don't add any artificial flavors. They don't add any sugar. They're gluten-free, they're soy-free, and just for Hattie, they're dairy-free. Woohoo! Three egg whites, two dates, six almonds, no BS. And BS stands for bad stuff. No added sugar, no artificial colors, no preservatives. They come in these, per- they're perfectly sized. Oh, yeah. You want to, you go to your workout you're supposed to eat something after your workout to replenish the energy. That's these Within are perfect an hour. for it. Yeah. So these are perfect for that. You can have these as a breakfast on the go. I love them after workout, but I also love them at that three or four time, uh, PM time period when you know you still got a few hours left to work and you're hungry and you don't want your cortisol you're to spike. To crash. You toss these things in your backpack for a bike ride or a hike. And they're really easy to eat too. Like they don't, they're not crumbly or anything like that. They, they hold up really well. Yeah, they do. And I want you to try these things. 
there are so many really good ones. I don't I know, know if I could I tell know. you what my, What's my favorite. favorite Apple is. cinnamon's really good. Apple cinnamon is probably my favorite. Uh, I the really, maple sea salt I think is my other favorite. Well, they have in case it's hard for you to choose. They have a sample box that has twelve. That's the way to go. It's two of each of their top six flavors. So you really get a chance to enjoy them. I'm just going to tell you what's in there because they're really good. Two peanut butter, two chocolate sea salt, which I think are Merlin man's favorite. Two blueberry, which is my kid's favorite. Two coconut chocolate, two mixed berry, and uh, two peanut butter chocolate. That one's a good one. But if you're like, no, I don't want that. You know what? Guess what? They got lots of other flavors. Go there and check it out. rxbar.com slash quit. rxbar.com slash quit. And enter the promo code quit at checkout. And guess what you're going to get? 25% off. That's awesome. Your first order. Go and order these. That's a really good. Pr- I need to get. Are I we know. eligible for this? 25 off. 25% off the sample pack and free shipping. You're going to get 12 bars for 20 bucks. Wow. That's awesome. So go check it out. Thanks very much to RX Bar for making this show possible. Thanks, RX Bar. What next? I got a whole I got a whole bunch of little things. I got a yeah. big topic, but I might even save the big topic for the next episode. Okay. Yeah, we can definitely can do I that. I don't know. Well, here's something. There's a a, a a boy. And the boy the boy claims to be making eleven million dollars a year. Reviewing, yeah, reviewing toys on YouTube. How? So his name is Ryan. He's six years old. He is the host of Ryan Toys Review and reportedly is a multimillionaire. This is an article in uh, MSN Money. His parents help him run it. But they say that it generated $11, $11 million in pre-tax income in 2017. That's insane. $11 million? $11 million. <sighs> And he got eighth, uh, eighth place on the Forbes list, uh, annual list of the highest earning YouTube celebrities. <laughs> and he tied Smosh. Does that mean oh, something yeah, to you? Oh, yeah. Smosh videos. They okay. were hilarious. So they, this, this boy tied them. They've been around a long time. Uh, the parents of the of the boy are the ones who shoot and produce the account. But he does almost daily videos, and he's been doing them almost every day since March of 2015. Good for him. And at the time, he said to his parents, why can't I? You know, he was watching all these rev- reviews, and he said, why can't I do reviews? They said, well, sure. They said, you can. can. And he got like, you know, a few hundred views. It was nothing. But then in July of 2015, he did a video reviewing something called Giant Egg Surprise, which has over 100 toys from Pixar's car series. Oh, fun. He did that. And for some reason, that video, that was the one that went viral. It got 800 million views. 800 million views. And and that just that kicked everything off. And then he now all of a sudden he's a YouTube celebrity. All it takes is the one thing. Yep. So see, I feel like there's a theme here. The theme with Mailchimp, it took them 17 years to get to where they are now. It was not an overnight success. Him. This kid's channel. 
I mean, relatively speaking, was an overnight success. Not 17 only years. Only two years. It didn't take 17 right. years. But the <laughs> point is, like, he had been doing videos every day, showing up every day. And they were still only day. getting hundreds, Right. You know? And then it just took the one right video at the one right time yeah. to change everything up. Now they do uh, kids' toys. They also do food. And Gotta do food. Food reviews are always fun. Apparently, it, it says the videos... Feature earnest and enthusiastic commentary from Ryan with off-camera guidance from his parents. And they have 10 million subscribers, and it's approximately 1 million a month in advertising revenue alone. People like children's honesty. I guess so. But he's, you know, I looked at some of these videos. He's very cute. They made some kind of do-it-yourself candy dispenser out of a box. Fun. You know how you go into yeah. a store and you like slide the thing out and the candy drops down or like you might go to a grocery store and like they'll have coffee bean dispenser or something. Well, they made their own little, That's fun. little thing. Could you imagine that though? If like your kid, all of a sudden you, you have like a regular job, right? And then all of a sudden your kid is making more, is than, making you. more than you by... You know what? I would open him a bank account and be like, I'm putting every dime of this in there for really, you. Because I would spend all the damn money. <laughs> I'd say, can mommy have some of it to pay the house off? No. <laughs> so anyway, I think that thought that was an interesting, interesting thing. Be like the boy. Now, here's another article. This is on, uh, on LinkedIn. And uh, the title of the article is, Cannabis isn't just for stoners. Huh? Hattie says, what? Huh? What? The title of the article, the subtitle is The Forgotten Multi-Billion Dollar Market, Women's Cannabis Wellness. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this is a woman who says she was not a partier. She was not a smoker. She didn't do anything like that. But 95% of the American population lives in a state where there's some form of legal cannabis. It doesn't mean that it's totally legal. It might be legal with as medical marijuana or something like that. But in even here in Texas. Right. I think we just got our first we did, our, medical dispensary. For like kids or people with epilepsy. With epi- some, right. It's very, very specific. Right. Like you, you have to be able to use it. You have to have epilepsy. It has to be a certain kind of epilepsy. Right. And you can only, yeah. But even so, like it's here. Right. And it's still illegal at the federal level, although they're working on legislation that would legalize it at the federal level. But to get into this business now is, I think it's very forward thinking. And the point, I think so too. The point behind this is there are lots and lots of markets that are essentially completely untapped, but that maybe not today, but in a year or in three years or five years, you know, I mean, how long do you think it will be before that legislation is passed and before cannabis is legalized in? Every state. I don't think it will be that long. No, five years maybe? I think that's that's what I would guess. Yeah. You know? Ten, ten to be like completely safe, but I don't know what couldn't happen in five. Be, I think it'll be less Stuff than goes that. so fast now. Really does. But if you, so if you think about that, that's going to be an emerging market. Anything that you do in that space is going to be very forward thinking. Um, that's not the only market that's forward, that's going to be coming. I mean, people have been talking about you know, virtual reality, augmented reality for a while now. That's definitely an emerging space, but so is this. And so um, here's here's what's written in the article. It says, uh, even with the legal risks and hurdles, the sale of medical marijuana is projected to grow to 5 billion by 2020. 
Ancillary companies are projected to grow to $44 billion. With women making up the majority of alternative medicine consumers, they spend over $40 billion on alternative medicine just in 2017. You can, I fall in that category, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you can bet that more and more women will be turning to cannabis in the near future for health and wellness. So if you're combining these two different vector points, one, we know that women consume products. a huge <laughs> amount right, of products in, in, that, in that wellness thing. And cannabis is an up-and-coming thing that, that we know is very popular in that kind of wellness right also for good because reason it's, it's natural. very beneficial very natural um i already use uh my skincare regimen is uh has cbd oil oh, infused right. in it i which thought is you were gonna from, say my skincare regimen is packing a bowl yeah i just load a load a bowl load up, a bowl and, and then your skin and then skin's just like perfect i then i've washed my face it's right done you don't even need soap um right i just use the smoke uh no <laughs> no uh, but it's uh, it's a company called Crave Skincare, and they're awesome. And uh, so they have a CBD infused infused so face f- wash and serums. And so for those who don't who don't know, right? There fill are, them in on CBD. There are two. I love CBD. Me too. You know, what, I'm going to put remind me to put my link to the kind of CBD oil that I get. Um, there's two. I don't know if the right word is chemicals, compounds, whatever. In uh, cannabis, THC and CBD. THC is what gets you high. That's what makes you feel high. That's what makes you f- all the things that people talk about when they feel high. That's the THC. CBD is all about it, it being anti-inflammatory, calming, calming anti-anxiety, anti-anxiety. It cures seizures. I mean, it's crazy, right? And so, most of the mar- uh, medical marijuana is extremely, extremely high. CBD, CBD more than, more, uh, than more than THC, right? Because they're trying to heal their cancer, heal their illness, help their pain, sleep better, reduce inflammation. All, All of those things come from the CBD part. Um, the THC is just the fun part. That doesn't... Right. Apparently, there is the interplay between THC and yes, CBD it can, can, it can be make... beneficial, but but they, they recommend a ratio of like one part THC to like three or five or even more parts right. of CBD. But... The kind the the CBD oil that I recommend uh, is not made from a, the marijuana plant. It's made from the hemp plant. Right, you and can get CBD. The hemp plant only has CBD. Yeah, there's no THC there's no in THC it at, in at it, all. Right. It's you know, so that makes the CBD oil legal in all fifty states and and probably many other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. But it's absolutely legal everywhere. It's not doing it's not doing drugs to use it. You don't get high from right, it. You can go into the pharmacy and get it. Yeah. Like it's just and it's over the counter. It's not, you know, I go to a, I use a company called Charlotte's Web mm-hmm. uh, because apparently the story is there was a girl who had epilepsy. I think her name was Charlotte mm-hmm. and they came up with this uh they realized that C B D would be helpful to her and and they that's what share started others. the company, right? Yeah. Um, and so if just looking at, at w- what CBD sales are looking at, like... Right. Um, well, and there's more CBD sales um, or more CBD products that are coming up on the market. Like, um, is it Whoopi Goldberg is doing the CBD products for... Um, for like menstrual cramps and I thought you told like me that. something about that recently, um, yeah. Yeah, she's working on that. And then... 
someone else was doing something else with CBD, but I can't remember what it is. But I don't know. I just I find it really fascinating that you can ingest it. You can put it on topically. It's helps you in a lot of different ways. So so l- listen to this. Women will spend nearly just women two hundred and forty billion on health and wellness oh, in yeah. twenty seventeen. That is what a I've lot bought. of money. That's just what I've bought product wise. That's just you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's per person. That's per person, right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, think about that. Think about how you're using this CBD cream already. You know, and you're not even somebody who has like pain issues or right. anything like that, you know, and the benefits of, of it are tremendous. And so this is the way to be forward thinking. This is the way to say to yourself, next big thing. Yeah. What is the next big thing? What's the next thing that's coming? Even if it's on the, even if it's in, Part of society that you would consider fringe or, or you know, like too out there for you. But that's how everything starts. Everything mm-hmm. starts as, oh, only certain people use that. Well, then now everyone's got it. You we know? ran into one of your friends from either high school or college, and he's making honey. Oh, yeah. Local I'll put his honey. link in the, in the show notes. Good idea. Preston. Shout out to Preston. Local honey. Local honey. That they're infusing with CBD. Yes. And they do a lot Genius. of working with the bees. And so all of their hives have been like, if you are, have a beehive on your property and you're like, everyone's getting stung, they'll go in, remove the hive safely, move it to their facility, and then continue to, and then make the honey out of uh, the rescued bees. And that's so that's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I think it's CBD honey. <laughs> CBD to, honey. I have to look it up. Let me uh, look. Yeah. Go look that up. But- this is the thing. And maybe you're saying, you know what? Cannabis, like weed, that's not my thing. Fine. I, think about the point that we're trying to make. The point is... Be open to right, pay, things that pay are changing. Pay attention to what's changing and get ahead of that. Because pretty soon, and like Hattie said, it might be three years, it might be five years, but pretty soon, cannabis is going to be legal everywhere. Whether you agree with it or not, it's going to be. And the fact is... Guess what? There is a market. And if if you are looking around, I remember a long, long, long time ago, I read an article by Motley Fool where they were basically saying, if you're wanting to invest, invest in things that you know. Invest in the things right. that you use and every single day. So like if you, you know, nowadays this is kind of obvious, but back when I read this article, you know, 15 years ago, they're saying if you use an Apple computer, and you like Apple, maybe invest in Apple. Maybe they'll do something cool in 2007. And, you know, and so like, that's the thing. I've got a, a, a Yeti. Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you call this thing? Tum- uh, tumbler, tumbler, yeah. That I put my warm uh, beverages in or cold beverages right here. I've got that. The best that. one. Well, you know, shouldn't I invest in them? I don't know if they're publicly traded, but like, look at what's on your desk. Look what's in, right. you know, what do you use? That's what the kind your, of thing you What are your you products that you really like? Focus on and invest in and invest your time and energy and focus in. Everybody's trying to get into VR. I don't know what's going to happen with VR. It's not obvious, but what's around that? It's like there's something there, but you just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, but there are more tangible things. And so right now, what should you be doing? Maybe you should be doing a CBD infused. Something. Something. It, the company is called Be Delightful. B-E-E Delightful. Well, that's very cute. So think about that. When you're walking around, 
looking at things and saying, what should I do next? Or what, what, what would be an interesting thing to do? Don't just pick the thing that you're interested in. I've told the story about uh, a guy that I knew, a friend of mine, who was incredibly successful at scrap yards. He, had, he sold oh, yeah. metal scrap. He had no interest in metal scrap at all. He just saw that there was a business opportunity there. He saw that that was an opportunity to step into an industry, optimize it, make it more efficient, and he kicked ass in that industry. He was like the king of scrap metal. But he didn't care at all about right. scrap metal. But it he was, was good at it. Right. And this is the thing. When you see people who are doing, whether they're doing day trading or whether they're doing investments, they don't, generally speaking, they don't care what the stock is. That's just a number to right. them. They're looking at trends. They're looking at the, the company, but they don't care what the company uh, does or how it works. They're just like, this This particular stock is going to grow in value. It right. will be a good investment. But that's what he did at the business level. He says, I understand business. I understand efficiency. I understand optimization. I'm going to buy these metal scrap yards mm-hmm. and I'm going to turn them into a hugely profitable business. You don't think this guy is- that fun? Is that what he dreams about no, at night? No, but he is became that, a multi-multi-millionaire. Right. Exactly. It's a lot of those things where, and it's it's always funny whenever you read about someone who is very wealthy or something. They always ha- seem to have some sort of weird little thing like that where it's like, oh, uh, they worked with you know a scrapyard metal for eight years, and that's what really helped them grow in the business right. industry. Like, you, I feel like there's always some little story like that where it's like, is this something that I wanted to do? No. Is this something that as a kid you dream about? Like, one day I'm going to own a scrapyard. Like, no, that's not fun. But that's, he saw an opportunity and he said, well, I'm pretty much, I can do anything. So why not jump into this for now? I like that idea. I mean, you know, you know what I like, Hattie? What do you like? I like Squarespace. No, I like Squarespace. You do? Yeah. What do you More like about it? More than you do. You do? Yeah. What do you like about it? Well, I like that everything is uh, drag and drop. I like that it's. I like that you can make your own website. I like that uh, they have beautiful templates. I like that they have awesome support. I mean, what else can you say? Squarespace is cool. Yes. And they let you save time. Because why on earth... Would you want to today go and start your making your own website yourself from scratch, writing HTML and CSS? It makes me feel tired. It, there's no reason to do it. There's just no reason to do it. They're stupid. Go to Squarespace and spend a few dollars a month and you'll have a world-class website that's going to look amazing and work perfectly and in every look browser. Different than everybody else's site. Because you can customize. They the also had they also have domains now. Did you know that they're a domain name <gasps> registrar? Yes. So you can go and choose from over two hundred extensions. Register a domain. You can register a domain with your Squarespace website, or you can just get the domain. They don't care. They're not like stressing out about what you no. do. Do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you feel like you're gonna they do. They just want to help you, that's all. So go to squarespace.com. You'll get a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code QUIT, and you'll save 10% on your first purchase of a website or a domain. Even if all you want is a domain, you're still going to get 10% off with the offer code QUIT, but I say get a whole website over at squarespace.com. That's not bad. It's, not a good, I mean, it's a good idea. I just got an email. Yeah. 
that says that that uh, if we order through Monday, this is not Squarespace, it's some other company. But look at this. This is the, a weird. Like, how? Why do they think this kind of thing works? First of all, this font, it's one of those like Microsoft fonts that yeah. doesn't, it's not a good font. And he says, as you're a blank sales rep, who I've, I've never even heard of this company, but I apparently have a, a guy named Jeremy is my sales rep. Says, I want to let you know about our last promotion of the year in bold. And it's a sweet one. No. He says, no, this is what he says. Jeremy, no. Order through Monday and receive. There should be a colon, and there isn't. 50% off. Free shipping. Five copy minimum. Ten copy minimum. Extended terms available. I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> it never says what it's for. I don't even know what for. this company is. There's no URL listed. There's a no- <laughs> Give me a call at 888-BLAH or just reply to this email. Thank you for being such a valued customer. I don't know what this is. Yeah, I don't know either. And still, throughout all of this, I don't know what it is. No. No links, no nothing. There's no link, there's no. nothing. I see his email address. I'm guessing that that's the website there, but that's I don't like know what it is. That's like when someone writes in and they're like... It doesn't even say to Dan. Right, no. Uh, someone will write in looking you know, to sponsor the shows, but the email will be like from john at gmail.com, and then John will say, with no introduction, hi, I'm John, or anything like that, just... Uh, how much is it for your podcast? Question right. mark. How much is your podcast? Comma, John. Right. Like, wh- first of all, who are you? Wh- uh, where are you come from? What's your budget? What's going on? What's the name of your company? Why are you using a Gmail? What, like, <laughs> uh, you know, so many questions. We were talking about newsletters. Which podcast? <laughs> yeah. Which podcast? We were talking about newsletters at the beginning, at the top of the show. And I get newsletters from a lot of companies that I have bought a product from. Yeah. But. I have a lot of applications that I've bought over the years. That if you sign up for it, it automatically subscribes me you. on some yeah. kind of thing. I'm and maybe I don't get an email from them a lot. But like if I will still get these emails and I think it's because the creators of the software or the product are so into it that they forget that, that people don't know other people aren't as into it as they are. You know, like there's a new Star Wars film coming out. If I say, hey, have you seen the new Star Wars film? And you're like in the culture of people who know what's going on with Star Wars, you're going to be like, of course, I haven't seen it yet. It doesn't come out till the weekend or whatever. But there's a lot of people who are like, oh, right. Is it which one was that? Is that the Force Awakens or the uh, Last Jedi? The which is right. It or- Okay, that's how you have to think of your audience, that they've probably heard of this thing since they're on the list and they probably bought it. But here's the thing. I'll, I'll get an email to say, we're writing you to tell you about a brand new update of software, of this software that we make. We've added a ton of great new features. Okay, stop. Give me one, one sentence, sentence of what the thing is. So, for example, every time I send out a fireside newsletter, and I don't send it very often, right. but every time I send it, I'll say, I'll, you put the person's name. There's a way to have that, you know, with the F name code in the top, especially if you're using MailChimp, where that uses their first name conditionally. And if not, it'll say, hello, fireside friend or something like right. that. Then you say, I'm writing to tell you, to give you a quick update about Fireside, the hosting and analytics platform for podcasters. 
Oh, right. That's, That's what, what Fireside is. Because is. you know what? You can't tell what anything is anymore by the name of the company. You can't. No. You just can't. And you know what? I guarantee you that there are some people who have signed up for Fireside that are kind of in that stage where like they're not really using it right now or maybe they're not yet. It would amaze you how quickly people forget the names of things that they use every day. Because, oh, yeah. you know, they're- Look, unless it's your bank or your hospital <laughs> right. or, or whatever, like you're not going to remember the name of it. And you would be shocked to find there are people who, you know, switch from one company to another. Let's say they smartly switched from Libsyn to Fireside. They might accidentally say, oh, that's on Libsyn. And they actually mean Fireside. Right. So it's they important to remind people. And it only it's one sentence and that's free. You're already sending them the email. And if they already know what it is, their brain can just skip over that while they're reading. Jeremy, you know, Jeremy, I don't know who you are. I don't know what this is. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to delete the email. El Delito. So whatever it was that you were hoping was going to happen completely failed because you Back failed backfired. to introduce yourself. You failed to uh, to address remind. your email to me. Right. You failed to remind me of what your thing is. You didn't enclose any links. You're giving me a phone number with an extension. Why would I call you? It's 2017. I'm not Why calling you. Why would I you. call you? I always like it when people are like, oh, we can uh, jump on a quick call. And I'm like, no, we can do everything over email. <laughs> There's no need for a call. So weird. So weird. Well, I, I think I have one last thing that I can talk about. Uh, and that is I found an article talking about a productive evening routine you know yeah. and uh, the point of this article and one of the things that they talk about a lot is you know the the healthy habits of every successful every ceo success, yeah. right and what their morning routine is it's always you hear about the morning routine they all well, get I, up really early right i wake up they would go for a run right. make a coffee yeah and they're, they're waking up at 5 a.m and then they they do a 30 minute sitting meditation and right. then they do yoga for 30 minutes and it's then they run meditation. on a treadmill and then they you know they take their news via podcast while they're you know showering Meanwhile, it's and, not even 6 a.m yet right. and you're like oh my god well, this article says, wait a minute. What about the evening? Right. What are our successful people doing in the evening? So the first half of the article is just talking about how bad it is to like watch TV at night and, and do all that stuff. I don't think anyone's going to stop doing that. So you know what <laughs> we do, Hattie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you know what? I got these for uh, Christmas for a lot of my family members. Well, I got you one yes, as a and little that's, You get me off to them. And it has it has changed your life. And what we're talking about, it. of course, are the blue blocking glasses. Wrap around and extendable. What, right. They're awesome. These they're so things they're um the it's called the UVAC six oh three six oh X Ultra Spec two thousand safety eyewear orange frame SCT orange UV extreme anti fog lens. And what I like about these particular ones, besides the fact that they're $8.99. Right. Yeah. Sorry, everyone, for Christmas, you're getting a very cheap gift. Is that they fit over glasses. your existing glasses very nicely. Now, if you don't wear glasses, that's fine. They fit just snugly, just, just fine. Yeah. But if you do wear glasses like me, uh, they fit over them perfectly and they're very comfortable. And what they do is they block a significant portion of the blue light, which science says affects your ability to sleep and how well you sleep 
I mean, there's a reason why when the sun sets, the light's orange, you know? Like, that's... That's right, a, a natural and a, and a, and a thing. Fire that, a fire that mm-hmm. we, since ancient times, have been looking Warm at in the evening. Light. Whereas everything that's usually in our house, uh, the TV and everything is yeah, it's blue. predominantly blue. Mm-hmm. And these also, because you're cutting out so much of the blue light, it makes everything a lot dimmer as well. Right. They're not blocking all light, just the blue light. Right. But you'd be shocked at how much the blue light permeates your vision right. and like if you have to look past them you know for some reason you have to take them off for a second right. you're like oh my god it's bright them, yeah i always am like oh my god <laughs> these are great and they look like something you'd wear almost like on a construction site but they're very lightweight they're 8.99 yeah. i just keep them by my television um and then i usually take them off like right when i get in the bed so it's like anytime i might check my phone or something like that while i'm sitting on the couch or before i go to sleep it's just going to block whatever blue lights in there. And These that. things are They're absolutely really nice. awesome. I t- can tell a difference when I don't wear them. I totally can. And, you know, if you're staying up past sunset, yeah. sunset which most of Especially us are. Especially now in the winter when it gets dark at four o'clock. Right. It's really important to put these on and... It's basically like a physical version of flux or the night, right. night shift. Night shift? Yeah, night shift yeah. and flux. Yeah. So, check these things out, but... So that's one of my main rituals. What they talk about in this article, which is on Thrive Global, it talks about transitioning out of work mode with a closing ritual. Closing ritual. Is this for people that work from home or just anyone? Anyone. They talk about cleansing your mind of the leftover responsibilities of the day. This brings on a mental winding down. Right? What do they recommend doing? Well, here's, here's, um, here's what, what one of the people says, uh, because you know, what's going to happen is like, if you're thinking about what you need to do the next day, yeah, it's, it's going to be on your mind. It might even keep right. you up. So they talk about Tim Ferriss. Of course, everyone talks about Tim Ferriss. I interviewed him. He was him. here He's a very and nice uh, we missed him. He's the four hour work week guy. He says, as a former insomniac, Ferriss has spent the last few years devising a strict evening routine. Involving drinking decaffeinated tea with apple cider vinegar and honey, taking a bath, and reading fiction. That's not, nice. not Not nonfiction, because he says it keeps his problem-solving apparatus in sixth gear. Or just keeps your brain activated. But this closing <laughs> ritual, it helps you disconnect from work. It helps you get ready for bed. It helps put your mind at ease so you can get really good sleep. I feel like the fiction kind of helps you disconnect from your real life, too. You know, you're thinking about, like, if you're reading... Some space fiction novel, right. you know, like... Puts you in a different mindset. Right, you're thinking about something that's not what you have to do at work tomorrow. Daniel Kahneman, who's a Nobel Prize winning psychologist, and his colleagues discovered that we only remember two things about an event. We remember what's called the emotional peak, which is whether it's good or bad. Emotional peak would be a good title, yep. I think, for the show. And, and how it ended. So by creating your own calming, closing ritual, you're essentially rewriting this day, oh. each day, with a happy ending. And then it says also, you know, you can uh, write down your three, what they call MITs, most important things, huh. for the next day. So at the end of the day, you write down, these are the three things I'll need to do tomorrow right. that are really important, or Monday, if it's a Friday, etc. And uh, he says... Do I get a lot of the guy who came up with this is uh, Leo Babuta of Zen Habits. 
And uh, he says, do I get a lot more done than three things? Of course. But the idea is that no matter what else I do today, those are the things I want to be sure of doing. So the MIT, the most important things, is the first thing I do each day. I think in bullet journaling, you can. there's like a three things. Mark Twain called it, oh, better title, Swallowing the Frog. Ooh. He called it Swallowing the Frog. He said, because no matter what else happens in the day, you know that the hardest task is already done. They talk about writing a gratitude journal. I've heard about that. So you write down and say all the things you're grateful for that happened in the day. Ditch the screens and pick up a book. Yeah. You know, instead of uh, watching Netflix. For six hours. You know, pick something <laughs> and, and read it. There's so much good stuff, though. I know. There really is. But reading for as little as six minutes a day can reduce your stress levels by 68%. Oh, wow. And uh, other tips that they say to help you sleep, stick to a regular bedtime, take advantage of the time that you're awake to be creative. So that do tasks that require creative insight because you can use your time productively. Go for a walk or do some stretching. Don't drink alcohol. Don't eat late night snacks because these all keep you from uh, falling into a deeper sleep. Blood sugar spikes throughout the evening. Not good. And they say, um, you know, you don't want to have too much noise or light. All about that sound machine. Yeah. Blackout curtains, sound machine, blue blocking glasses. What else do I have? (laughs) All the good things. So that article will also be in the show notes. And uh, and Hattie, that's it. That's all we got time for today. I'm sorry. Oh we got to close it down. Closing but, ritual. But you can go to <laughs> uh, the show notes at 5by5.tv slash quit slash 118. You can find me at Dan Benjamin on Twitter and Instagram. And Hattie is Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. That's me. Pretty much everywhere. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Go check out our sponsors. And we'll see y'all again next time. Bye.